Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. How about our guy Colin Wilson, the handicap last week of Oklahoma and Texas? One of the reasons why we love having Colin on the show, also because he's because he's awesome. He's going to join us in just a second here, breaking down the college football slate for this weekend. But 20 minutes from now for our live uh uh, listeners and viewers, we we'll, we will talk Packers and Broncos in our early handicap of that game coming up for Week Seven in the NFL. We'll start our thoughts on a monster teaser for Week Six in the NFL. The coach Dave Wanstead in forty minutes. Lockmas, uh, the locomotive leaves the station one hour from now with Ken's entire college football card for the weekend, and then it's big ass power hour time featuring all our bets for tonight, baseball thoughts for the weekend, and of course side and total for every game on the board Week Six. NFL Sunday. But joining us right now to talk college football this weekend is the great Colin Wilson from the Action Network. Colin is on Twitter at underscore Colin1. Colin is spelled with two L's. And you got to check out Colin's podcast, the, the College Football and the College Betting Podcast, Big Bets on Campus. It doesn't just feature Colin, but also features Brett McMurphy and features Stucky. All of them, friends of our show, they support us. They all come on our show. Please support them. Check out Big Bets on Campus. And again, Colin on Twitter at underscore Colin1. My friend, welcome back to the show nick and ken how's it going oh thank you so much i'm glad the oklahoma winner got everybody some cash but how about the two to one on cody rhodes and jay uso winning the tag team championship <laughs> that was the better weekend right <laughs> shout, shout out to colin i uh i didn't even know that match happened i forgot you gave out that bet but like the wrestling winners are uh are, are we gonna just we can make room colin at the end of the interview where there'll be more wrestling this week do we have anything yes. else to talk about we got a month to go before another pay-per-view, but I will say this. This is the last thing we need to talk about. It, but for some reason, WWE, the underdogs, are killing it the last six months. I think the WWE knows the betting lines, and I think that they want to go the other way and shock people. But we can talk about that for another time. All right, yeah. so let's turn our attention the, then to uh, the historical ahead, WWE trends. Or, uh, yes. They're coming yeah. in. The, the dogs, the last thing. It's like, I've gone well, back I in mean, the database, is- everyone. I've done it. I've got. I've it it is worth it. noting, like, like yeah. Triple H is booking it now. It's like I think Vince yep. is like apparently like oh. totally out. So Ken, like, maybe we'll get like a little something new here coming up with WWE. Exactly. We call that an angle. Uh, Colin, what are we doing with some of the big games in college football this weekend? Why don't we start? I, Sam came on last segment. We started with USC Notre Dame. Why don't we do Oregon Washington? Try to like pay off yeah. that game as much as possible. Ton of title implications. Pac-12 title implications. Playoff Heisman with two of the three top choices. The two quarterbacks who aren't Caleb Williams and play in the Pac-12. Washington about a three-point favorite 
right now. Uh, any betting interest for you in this game? Yeah, the betting interest for me is falling on the ducks on this side. And really, when you, anyone can sit here and handicap and say these are the number one and two offenses in the nation. That's true. They're number one and two in quality drives, which means they march down the field like an imperial assault on Tatooine. Like, I mean, they are unbelievable how good they are getting down the field and scoring points. So what you have to do is go to the defensive side of the ball and see where they struggle. Now, with Washington, it is glaring in the numbers. They are not good at defending the rush whatsoever. They've been bad against Arizona. They've been bad against California. Uh, there are just teams that have been able to run up and down the field on them. And when you look at Oregon, that is the power of their offense. Bucky Irving, Jordan James. Can you believe that Bo Nix has only ran the ball seven times this year? He ran it 66 times last year. That's how good this rushing attack has been. They're going to be able to control the clock, control the line of scrimmage against Washington. When you go to the Washington side, they're the most explosive pass offense. They lead the nation 10, 20, 30-yard passes. But Oregon is number three in the country in defending pass explosives, so they can combat that with their secondary. I like Oregon here. Like I, I like the plus three. I like them over 32.5 on their team total. If Dan Lanning can control the clock, which he can, they're going to win the game. All right, so that is uh, Colin's thought on Oregon and Washington. Just to pay off the Star Wars reference, perhaps Colin is saying that if you like Washington, to quote Admiral Akbar. <laughs> it's a trap. Might just be a trap. <laughs> might just a be trap. a trap. Yeah. Uh, let's Rubber go bar. to uh, – <laughs> Uh, let's go to uh, Notre Dame and USC now. Uh, Ken mentioning two of the three Heisman Trophy favorites. The, the third is obviously Caleb Williams, the reigning defending Heisman Trophy winner. We'll get your thoughts on that specific award market coming up in a minute here. But let's talk about this specific game. With Notre Dame in between a two-and-a-half and a, a three-point home favorite against the Trojans, call it 2.75 at BetMGM at least, our, our show sponsor, the King of Sportsbooks. Total 60-and-a-half. Uh, Trojans, Irish, what do you got? I like Notre Dame on the two and a half. I'd probably still take him at three. Uh, and there's just no answer for Audrick Estime running the ball. I mean, he has created 38 missed tackles. He averages four and a half yards after contact. Like nobody in this USC defense is going to be able to stop that. I'm not going to go through a USC stats. You've seen it with Arizona taking a triple overtime. You've seen it with Colorado running up, what, over 40 points on them. There's just so many ways to attack this USC defense. They're lost. They're in the dark when it comes to that. And, you know, if we get bad field conditions, slippery turf conditions, that favors Audrick Estime and what could be a ground game, you know, short gains, keep Caleb off the field. I think the one thing I can say about Caleb is that he's an extremely explosive quarterback. He can make anything happen when he rolls outside the tackle box. He can make explosive plays. But when you look at his numbers over the last two years, he's extremely good against quarters coverage. And he's kind of, you know, around national average success rate against cover one and cover three. That's all Notre Dame runs in their secondaries, cover one and cover three. So I think they're going to be able to limit what Caleb does. But on the offensive side, I'm not, I'm not sure Notre Dame wants to allow them to, to Caleb to ever have the ball. So I like Notre Dame in this game and what's going to be a sloppy turf, sloppy field conditions, cold to get those California, Southern California kids out there. So, Colin, if we kind of if we play this out a little bit, you like Notre Dame against USC. Think based on kind of that handicap, think Caleb Williams might have a, a poor statistical game, maybe similar to the kind of game he had last week, maybe even worse, and and they may take a loss. And then, okay, mm -hmm. you kind of like Oregon against Washington. So basically, what you're saying is the two favorites to win the Heisman Trophy are going to take L's on Saturday, which could disrupt sure. the market significantly. Now, you would assume Bo Nix, that provided Oregon beats Washington, obviously, he would be the biggest beneficiary. 
of that happening right now. He's the third choice in the market right now. Williams and Penix, the co-favorites. Is this is this a Bo Nix conversation now on the Heisman? Is there someone further down the board? You were in on Oklahoma last week. Dylan Gabriel's prices dropped a lot. Kind of handicap, like, if you're right and these games go this way, how do you want to bet the Heisman Trophy? I flew out to Vegas last Sunday to meet up with some friends of mine, some guys that run numbers for me, and one of the sharps out there was running around town smacking Carson Beck numbers, 80 to 1, 50 to 1, 75 to 1. And if you look at it from this perspective, Caleb Williams, Bo, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, they all have these schedules they have to navigate. They could potentially get knocked out, one loss, two loss. Bo Nix just doesn't have it there from a numbers perspective since he's not running anymore. And if and if you know if Penix and Caleb Williams don't win the Pac-12, they're probably not going to win the Heisman. So who's left? Well, Carson Beck at Georgia proved it against Kentucky that he is a great passer. It's all just been on the Georgia coaching staff to allow him to throw downfield, which now they're letting him do. And if you want the path of least resistance, look at this Georgia schedule. It's disgusting. And the more that I hear, I mean, it's disgustingly easy. And the more I hear Brock Bauer's name come up as a tight end, who is throwing him the ball? So then when you go and you look at the stats, Caleb Williams and Carson Beck have thrown the exact amount of passing yards so far this year. Uh, I think Carson Beck's like, what, 11 to 3, TD to INT. If they decide they're going to start throwing the ball like they did against Kentucky, he can get up. I mean, he can have a touchdown count that can get up there with the rest of the guys. This is the easiest schedule left of all the national title contenders. 50 to 1 or better is way too high for a guy that's going to take his team to playoff. I, I I love that thought there on Carson Beck. We'll we'll talk Ken and I may talk about that a little bit coming up later in the show. You better you bet with Nick and Ken. Phenomenal football Friday. Getting college football bets from the weekend with our friend Colin Wilson from the Action Network and the Big Bets on Campus podcast on Twitter at underscore Colin One. Colin of course spelled with two L's. Uh, speaking of L's, Mario Cristobal took one last week, and you know, because he's dumb, at the end of the Miami game. Uh, this weekend, it's Miami and North Carolina. The Tar Heels favored by three with Drake May and company, 56 and a half the total. Uh, Miami get off the schneid this weekend. What do you think, uh, Carolina and Miami? I, I do think Miami gets off the schneid. I think they win this game here. UNC has been so poor in defending the rush. Uh, you know, I mean, Pitt averaged 5.8 per carry. Minnesota averaged 5.7 a carry. Uh, you know, and so when you look at what Miami has in the backfield, you know, they certainly don't have a whole ton of explosiveness, but they are moving the chains. They can get down the field. Uh, and UNC has just been open for attack on the ground all, all year. So, you know, no rush explosives for the Hurricanes, but they can get it done through the air. I expect to see that. The one thing that I look at now, really, I've tried to implement in my handicapping this year is coverages. When you talk about quarterbacks like Drake May and Caleb Williams, you know, sometimes they come out. Last week I came on this show and I said, Quinn Ewers is not going to like the coverage that he sees given by Oklahoma. He came out and threw two interceptions right away. Well, Drake May struggles with quarters coverage. That's what Miami runs all the time. And assuming Cristobal has learned his lesson, he says he's learned his lesson and will take a knee instead of running the ball. I think Miami is going to win this game. I like the under in this even more because I don't expect a lot of explosives, but Miami definitely has the edge. Colin, in terms of just kind of like the the second tier games, it feels like for a, a couple weeks now, especially like the Pac-12 just has more interesting, like middle of the conference games than some of these other. They just feel more important, right? Like the top of the Big Ten is really good. George is really good. But like the middle of the conference, just like the point spreads are small in the Pac-12 and the, and the games just have been really, really interesting. We have three of them coming up on Saturday. So Utah, 10 and a half against Cal. Cam Rising drama, UCLA, Oregon State, Beavers three and a half at home in that game, Wazoo seven and a half. I really like Arizona in that game. Anything in the Pac-12 stand out to you on Saturday? I've been told that Cam Rising's coming back, that this was always the target. This was always circled with the bye week. That number is at 11, maybe 10 and a half that I saw. 
Uh, yep. I make it 15. I make it 15 with Cam Rising. So I've already laid the bet in, got the money in. I expect him to be announced there. So we'll we'll see if that takes off. If it doesn't, I don't know why he's not redshirting. But you know, you're never going to get anything out of this coaching staff. There are people around the program that orbit it. That are, it really, it comes down to the doctor's phone call that say that he's going to be there. So I do like Utah there. I think Cam Rising is going to play. If he doesn't, I've seen the defense dominate anyways. Uh, I think UCLA beating Oregon State is going to be the upset of the weekend in that conference. No one goes into Research Stadium and covers. No one goes into Research Stadium and wins outright. Well, UCLA is going to do that. And I think, you know, if you look at that score against Washington State, it's a bit fraudulent. UCLA should have won that game by 40. UCLA is a much better team. They went into Utah, and if it wasn't for a Dante Moore pick six, they would have been in that game, possibly could have won it in Rice Eccles. And everybody concentrates on Dante Moore and these pick sixes that they have. And yeah, they're catastrophic. But if you look on PFF, he's got 15 big-time throws and only six turnover-worthy plays. Oregon State does not have the secondary. They don't have any kind of coverage. They can't limit any explosives, and they can't limit the ground game. And now DJU, if he decides that he wants to throw the ball and be explosive like he was last week, He's going to run into Latu, Latu, one of the best pressure makers in all of college football. This UCLA front seven now has a defensive coordinator from the Baltimore Ravens staff. They're top five in almost every single metric on defense. I love UCLA to go into Corvallis and get the win. Uh, Colin, we'll give you one more game here, and then we can get like your other favorite bet of the weekend. What about Tennessee and A&M with the Vols laying three, 54 and a half the total? Yeah, this one, I have to bet Texas A&M. Now, this is the spot. I mean, with Tennessee playing at home and coming off that and, and Texas A&M coming off sort of a hangover, there's I, I just can't get behind Joe Milton. I mean, his has the lowest average depth of target of his entire career. He used to average around 12 yards per pass. Now it's eight. Why? And the Tennessee's offense, you're averaging eight yards, de average depth of target, because he's not trusted, because he can't throw downfield, because he doesn't have any accuracy. And if you look at his passes over 20 yards, it used to be a 51% adjusted completion rate. Now, 33% adjusted completion rate. He's taken almost a hit of half. Like, he can't throw it downfield in this Tennessee offense whatsoever. So, it's a really bad spot for Texas A&M to go on the road. I don't trust Tennessee against any kind of good defense, and Texas A&M is definitely a great defense. Yeah, it's remarkable. Like, we can be halfway through the season, and there are still teams, Colin, where it's like, do we even know if they're good? <laughs> like, do we know if Tennessee's right. good? Like, I, I think they might be bad. Like, I mean, what is the Kentucky game? That's what you're hanging your hat on? Yeah, There's exactly. It just, it's, you, yeah. you have, I mean, just uh, you could be halfway through the season, depending on who you played. We we may not know anything yet. Uh, we got like a minute left, minute 90 seconds, something like that. Just, you know, a little more off the beaten path, a couple other bets that you like, maybe some smaller, obscure schools, whatever you want to throw at us. I do like North Texas to cover at home this weekend. Uh, that's one for you. I think Wyoming's going to go on the road and put up a good fight against the Air Force team that they beat last year. Georgia State, I think that spread came off pick up to 1-2. They are absolutely going to dominate Marshall. Georgia Southern, I don't – so this James Madison, Georgia, I think Georgia Southern, James Madison has been the talk between like Stuck and I at Action Network this week. It's like, what is this line movement? We know that there's a tout service to put it out. We understand that uh, there's some other things in play that are moving this line, but nothing that has to do with Georgia Southern whatsoever. Yeah, James Madison has a great defensive line, and everybody's in love with it, but how do you beat a great defensive line? You have a quarterback with Davis Brin that releases the ball between one and one and a half seconds. You're never going to touch him. You're never going to get to him. I love Georgia Southern in that game against James Madison. 
Colin, we have about 30 seconds to go. Totally okay if you don't have an answer to this question. I know you're a big baseball fan, and like at least yeah. in the regular season, love Ben baseball, and then obviously college football is your bread and butter, right? Your favorite thing. So maybe like that takes up a lot of your time here. A- any thoughts on how the baseball playoffs might play out? Any bets you have? Totally okay if the answer is no, but wanted to at least see because we have a little time left here in about 30 seconds. I woke up today thinking I need to take the Diamondbacks to win the World Series. I mean, there's just so much Philly love out there, and everybody wants to see a repeat. And here's the deal. No one can keep up with Corbin Carroll on the base paths. They are playing out of their minds. And every year, you know, this goes back to when the wild card was introduced in the early 90s. Whoever the wild card team that comes in, they thrive. They go, and sometimes they win the World Series because they're unconscious. They're not listening to the noise. And they just, I mean, this team is so young. No one's in I I just, I'm going to go bet the Diamondbacks. And that's it. I'm not going to get into any analytics other than they run the bases. They create baseball's version of havoc on the base path. Nick Nick loved to hear that one. Nick loved that answer. All I know is that in 95, my Yankees were one of the first wildcard teams. We lost in five to Seattle, and I cried after game five with Ken Griffey. Like, I hate him. That was terrible. Uh, Colin, thanks for joining. On Twitter at underscore Colin1. Big bets on campus, my friend. Best of luck with the bets this weekend. Stay well. We'll talk to you next Friday. Thanks for having me, guys. The great Colin Wilson here on You Better, You Bet. Coming up next, Monster Teaser and Packers Broncos Handicap for Week 7.